0: And we'll turn tonight in First John. First John. I've got so much to cover tonight, we won't get it all covered, but I pray that the Lord might help us and give you something to help you tonight. I pray that God will challenge your heart. We are living in the last times. Dark hours are ahead. Amen. You may have gone through a dark week. I don't know. I don't know what you faced yesterday, nor today, or last week. And I especially don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. But I know who's going to go through it with you. And I know His grace is sufficient to meet every need. I don't know what we're going to face before we leave here, physically, spiritually, financially, uh, any other way tonight. Uh, but I'd, I have committed everything I've got to the Lord Amen. Amen I'm not my own I've been bought with a price I belong to him right. up. And he's ordered out the steps The Bible said the steps of a good man Are ordered by the Lord Amen. God orders our steps And I praise him for it tonight I don't know what I'd do without the Lord Amen, Amen. He'd do a lot without me But I can't do nothing without him and I appreciate him tonight. I need him. He don't necessarily need me, but I certainly need him. Now, thank God for what he's done for me down through the years. Now, in First John, we're going to look in chapter number 2, the second chapter. This is familiar scripture, and I'm going some different places. And I pray tonight I can incorporate all this together. And there's so much of it, I know we won't cover it all, but I'll just try to hit the highlights and go. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15, this is a lot of scripture that, the three verses of scripture here, that many people do not even want to look at. They don't want to hear it preached, and they certainly will not abide by it. I've done gotten accustomed in all the 50 years of preaching, uh, 50 plus, and I know Brother Burl has too. I've got accustomed uh, to preaching it, and I believe what I preach. But at the same time, a lot of people just let it go in one ear and out the other. And I know when I start that there, a lot of folks are not going to pay much attention to it, and they're not going to change anything when we leave. I just commit that to God. God didn't tell me to make you do it. Matter of fact, I realized a long time ago I couldn't make you do it. Matter of fact, tonight God has a hard time making you do it, but He, when He gets ready to make you do it, you will. Amen. And you're living under the grace of God tonight. I'm living under the grace of God. God is long-suffering. God is long So, What's that mean? He's not tolerating your sin tonight. He is only tonight giving you a chance to change it. But somewhere down the road, God's going to say, that's enough, I'm not going to let you do it anymore. Amen. You said, what? Anything is against this book. Amen. Amen. God gets the final word. Remember that. Because in verse number 15, he said, love not the world. Do you see that? Love not the world. Can I say tonight that the world is hard not to love? Amen. Can I repeat that tonight and tell you that the, the world is an easy thing to love, and it's a hard thing to keep from loving it. Alright, right, we got that hadn't we? And then he says this, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Can I say tonight that the things in the world are hard to forsake. Amen. You know, got you've got problems with that? Hey, what do you want? More of it, don't you? Alright, verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, amen. The lust of the flesh. I want to stress that tonight. The lust of the flesh. We're going to talk about that, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. These are not heavenly gifts, but is of the world. Then says of the devil it said. These are the three things here that are of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You said, preacher, go on. I want to hear the message. I don't want to hear the scripture. I want you to get the scripture. Amen. That's what you need. Then he said, and the world passeth away. Amen. This is not your home. This is not your eternity. Amen. We're going to hang around till God gets through with us and then we're going home. If we're saved or we're going to hell, one of the two. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If you're saved, you abide forever. If you're lost, you're going to lose it and pass away with it. So I want to take that to thought tonight. I want to preach on the world, the flesh, and the devil. I want to preach on the three avenues of temptation, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I want to preach on tonight the fleas of God. You said that's a lot, it sure is. I want to look at that word, flea, And I want to tie it all together tonight somehow, and I want to ask the Lord to help me to help you. When we leave here, I hope we're more doctrinally settled, more spiritual minded, and that we are closer to God than we were when we came. Matter of fact, that's what you're here for tonight, I hope. Amen. That's what I come for tonight, to get more of God. Amen. I appreciate you coming tonight to the house of the Lord. Now let's pray. Father, give us wisdom and understanding. Help us, Lord, to... Rightly divide the word of truth. Help us, Lord, to stand in the gap, make up the hedge. Help us tonight, Lord, to preach the word, not our thoughts, not our doctrines, not our ideas. I don't have any doctrine, Lord. I walk in doctrines of the word. And I pray the word might help us tonight to be strengthened and strengthened and strengthened that we might stand. As you'd have us to stand in these evil days and these evil, evil hours, we'll give you the praise what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, God has given us uh, some gates to our soul, and I say that tonight, God's give us eyes to see, ears to hear, nose to smell, mouth to speak, and a soul to To do, amen, to live. That's the gates. When I say gates, that's the gates that the devil will use every single one of them to take you down. If you're saved, the devil tonight is going to work on you overtime through one of those avenues to get to you. Amen. I may not have time to deal with all that, but I just throw that in to get you to understand. The Bible said the three ways or the three people or the three things tonight, I should say, for temptation is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And every time somebody does something wrong, they automatically look back and say the devil as the old saying was back yonder, and they've made a mockery of it, the devil made me do it. It's not always the devil. I'll tell you what the devil does. The devil highlights things. He starts the ball a bouncing. He starts the ball a-, a rolling, and then he stands off and laughs at you while the world and the flesh destroy you. Now, that make good sense to you tonight? Now, if you get you said, "Oh, the devil's he's he's the biggest enemy. He is the biggest enemy." He's out against you. He does not love you. He'll never instruct you in righteousness. He'll never instruct instruct you in right living. That's what righteousness is. He'll never instruct you to be good and holy. No, sir. He'll never instruct you to follow the word of God. He'll instruct you opposite of all that. But now you said, how's he do it? He brings things to your mind. He uses the gate of your mind. Amen. And the one He does it through those avenues, what you see, what you smell, amen, what you taste, you understand where I'm coming from? Uh, of those gates to your soul, the devil will open something up to you and then he introduces that to the flesh. Do you know the worst enemy you have tonight? You said the devil. Yeah, he's the worst enemy of everybody. But I want to say what you'll have trouble with more in your life than anything else will be this flesh. The world will entice you. It'll try to draw you to the side from God. The world will try to draw you away from the church. The world will try to draw you away from the Word of God. The world will try to draw you away from the things of God. But your flesh will not only try to bring you away from it, but your flesh, nine times out of ten, will prevail in taking your mind and heart away from God. Am I trying to make this plain enough that we can understand? So we see tonight that God says, and as we look at this, that there's three avenues. And uh, he pe- teaches us through the Apostle John. Uh, the three things is the lust of the flesh. What is the lust of the flesh? Something that this flesh, this body, this tabernacle that I dwell in and a tabernacle that you dwell in, it's something that the flesh desires and craves that's contrary to the Word of God. Now after the devil puts something in front of you, I mean, you said, how in the world does the devil use a smell gate? You men, some little old lady walked by and she got on a a gallon and a half of four-cent perfume. You smell her and you say, she smells good. Nobody tells you that, and you don't tell nobody, but you say it. Amen. You drive by a place of business, and they got the pizzas are going, and you say, no, that pizza smells good. And you don't even like it. You understand what I'm saying? So the devil uses your nose. Amen. 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 You smell something you shouldn't be smelling and uh, you get a desire for it. Do you hear me? Now, the devil does the same thing uh, to your ear gate. He'll tell you something in your ear. And uh, when he does, or maybe it's music. You know, there's a lot of people hooked on all kinds of old junky music. And music can take you down. That's right. Listen, sometimes God's people, I've seen God's people and I'm saying something tonight that I know you probably won't like. I love gospel music. I love good gospel music, not the contemporary junk. But sometimes I catch myself just listening to gospel music and really not listening to what I'm hearing. And I don't get the magnification of the Son of God in it. And then I get to hearing noise. Amen. Uh, That's the reason the devil has honky-tonk music. You know what honky-tonk music is, don't you? Wine, women, and song. And he gets you introduced to that so that you, uh, a man will chase somebody else, man or woman. And break your marriage up. Listen, the devil's got something on his mind. So he does it through the lust of the flesh. He does it through the lust of the eyes. Satan done this very same thing to the Lord Jesus Christ when he tempted him for 40 days, in, or after the 40 days in the wilderness. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, what you see. Why do you think that they put billboards out on the road? Now, women are not drawn by that like men are. Amen. Now, uh, women like to see a hunky-chunk man, or I'm not talking about a fat one, but I'm talking about a hunk, amen. They like that. You ladies might as well admit it, you have to look away from that. But they don't put them out on the billboards because a woman's easier to get rid of that than a man is some half-naked or all-naked woman hanging on a billboard going down the highway. That works on him. Now, women like the touch and the fine, fancy words. They like the sweet word. Women are that... Way. Now, you said, Preacher, you don't know nothing about a woman. A man was married to one for 54 and a, years, uh, 54 and a half years. I can tell you. My wife and I have had conversations about this. She's helped me down through the years on that. And if you ladies say tonight, well, it ain't the fancy words I like and it's not the touch, you're just going to say that don't bother me. I'm going to tell you you're a liar. Amen. But a man likes different things than that and I'll guarantee you as a man or a woman tonight, here's what we have to do. We have to take control of the flesh and commit that to God. Amen. When you see something you shouldn't be see, seeing, you turn your head. Amen. And you try to beat yourself in the brain and act like you never seen it. Yes. Say amen there too. Amen. amen. You said, preacher, I didn't come up here for all... Well, you didn't come to... Get anything, I guess, tonight. This is what God put me on. Matter of fact, I said to while this afternoon, I said, Lord, surely you want me to preach something else. And here I am preaching it. I said, Lord, I'd like to give a little uh, balm of Gilead. I'd like to soothe the wounds that I've been doing and and, uh, get some soothing ointment on you. But here we are. Now... We need to take care of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. And the third thing is the pride of life. You know what the pride of life is, don't you? Pride. Everybody likes pride, men and women. Amen. Men and women like what they see too, by the way. Lust of eyes. I said that I told you the two things that women like better. But I'm telling you, it was through the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life that Eve... Sold all men and women into slavery of sin to Satan. Amen. She saw that the tree was good for food. She has seen it's a tree to be desired, she said. And is a tree to make one wise. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Are we there? Yeah. All right. Now I want to go and turn to something else. And share this with you. I have to fight the flesh every day. The preacher. Amen. The scholar. The professor. uh, The drunkard. The high up Escalon people. Men. Women. Boys and girls. Has to fight the flesh. 24-7. We've got to be crucified with God. Now I want to turn tonight to the book of Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. There may be some more of these tonight, but I'll give you what I know and we'll go home. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7. I want you to read with me. Matthew chapter 3 and verse number 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, this is John the Baptist, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, vipers are a poisonous snake, who hath warned you to flee, flee, flee from the wrath to come. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The first thing God wants you to flee from tonight is from the wrath to come. The wrath of God. The judgment of God. God wants you to flee that. From the wrath to come. That means, in other words, tonight, the Lord wants you first of all to get saved. Birthed into the family of God. Born again. Washed in the blood. Sins under the blood. Forgiven. That's first. Number one. God. Somebody said. Why God don't care. God does care. I want you to know. God sent forth his son. To die for all men and all women. And forever sin. At the fullness of time. God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. To come and die for you and for me. On the cross of Calvary. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank God tonight He loves me, and He wants me to flee from the wrath to come. Amen. That means I've got to put forth an effort to do something. You can't work your way to get saved, but God commands you. He's uh, through the uh, through of uh, John the Baptist. He said, and he just asked the question, who's warned you to flee from it? Let me show you something that's kind of strange and ironic if you want to look at that. Look over, that was Matthew chapter 3 and verse 7. Would you turn to Luke chapter 3 and verse 7? Kind of ironic that God put it in the same chapter and the same verse. Again, if you'll turn with me in chapter 3 and verse 7 of Luke, he said, Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. God wants you, number one, to get saved. God wants you to flee the wrath to come. Multitudes are going down the road, paying no attention to it, dying. Every time I read the obituaries, you said, Why do, why do you read the obituaries? Well, I tell you sometimes, see if I'm there, but that ain't reason I read them. As a pastor down through the years, I used to wake up in the morning hearing Billy Burrow, giving those obituaries on WCON. Remember them, Brother Billy? And I've done this for years. Not all the years, but many years. I just listened to who's died. Sometimes... I've talked to that person that died just a week or two or a few days or four or a month or two. And some of them that they've called out on the radio that have passed or deceased. I have preached to it sometime, witnessed to it sometime, or maybe I don't even know them. And it runs through my mind. Right now, a split second after they died, where did they lift the rise? Now that may not bother you, may not make you think about it, but it makes me think about it. So I'm just trying to go, go on record and tell you, you don't have to worry about that when it happens to me. I know where I'm headed. Amen. While you're weeping, I'm going to be shouting. And while you're shouting, I'll still be shouting. There'll be a few shout "What I die. Amen. I, I expect it. And I want you to know tonight that we need to make our peace calling election sure. For, so God says through John the Baptist, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. That's what John was in the business for. That's why we got preachers. That's why God calls men to preach today. He wants us to preach. Why are we preaching? We're not here to put on a show or uh, or make a make a name. Amen. If I was going to make a name, I'd find something besides preaching and skinning hides. If I was going to make a name preaching, I wouldn't preach what I preach. I'd get me a another version that ain't so rough. Amen. I'm not going to do that. By the way. But I'd I'd try to calm it down and cool it down a little bit. I'd soft-pedal the gospel like a lot of them do. But that's not my job. My job is to try to get you right and ready to draw your last breath. Amen. You say, as hard as you preach, I don't think that you're going to do it. What makes you think that? That's how I got saved. That's right. Nobody come up and talked to me and said, Hey, look, you're doing a good job in sin. You're doing a good job following Satan. Nobody told me that. They told me I was a sinner. I was headed to hell. I needed to be redeemed. And then they told me about a redeemer. They told me about a Christ who died for me. Amen. That's first flea. Let's look at the second flea. Look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10, the gospel of John, John chapter 10. And when we get to John chapter 10, we want to go to verse number 5. John chapter 10. The Bible said in John 10, 5, And a stranger will they not follow. He's went off and said here that he is the shepherd. And he we are the sheep of the pasture. And he is the shepherd. And verse 5 said, And a stranger will they not follow. Who won't follow it? God's sheep. They won't follow a stranger. But it said before that he said, And when he well, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. In other words, if there's a stranger around God wants us to flee that if we don't know who it is. It's amazing to me in this modern day, you talk to people and you preach and you say, look, he's a hireling. He's in the business for money. You hear it on the news that they're making money doing this and, and you tell people that and they just run on. He's such a sweet guy. He smells good, he sounds good, he looks good. Hey, he's got to have it. I can't understand why men run after Smiley. I can't. I can't understand why they run after all these liberals that won't preach the Word of God. A stranger will they not follow. But it said, but we'll flee from him. That flea we need. Amen. For they know not the voice of strangers. Amen. You can tell a real preacher from a hireling. Some of you have a problem with that. I know you do. But you can tell a real shepherd from somebody. You know what a hireling is? Somebody that's just been paid to do the job. He don't really care for the sheep. He just taking care of them. It's kind of like some of y'all taking care of somebody's dog and cat and you're going on vacation. They're not real. They're just getting the money out of you Amen. or helping you out as a friend. Amen. But the shepherd takes care of the sheep. He knows the sheep. He knows them by name. He knows what they need. He meets their need. But a hireling will just get by. Yeah. And a real preacher... He won't miss nothing. He'll just tell you. He'll lay the best food out for you, the best place to water, and all that stuff. He'll supply your needs and everything you need. You know why? Because he owns you and because you're his. But a hireling said, hey, let them sit there and slobber and I'll give them something to drink after a while. I ain't being bothered with them right now. I'll give them something to eat later. Right now, I'm going to take my rest. That's what a hireling does. So now the number three, I'm going to look at this. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians. I'm in a hurry. I want you to see it. A lot of fleas in the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter number six. 1 Corinthians chapter number six. I want us to go down to verse number 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse uh, 16. What? What's a big word, isn't it? It's a a word of authority. It's a man. It's inspired of God. (laughs) What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. You hear me preach that when I'm talking about Adam and Eve. But the Bible said in verse 17, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Verse 18 says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication Sinneth and keeps on sinning because a TH is on it against his own body. Yeah. Preachers don't preach on this, people don't hear it much anymore. But we're living in a fornicating world. Amen. Yeah. Preachers used to get up and tell boys and girls uh, that they're to keep themselves pure and clean. Until after marriage. Keep yourself clean and pure then too. But I'm talking about. You're not to play with the flesh. Fornication is sexual relationships. Between men and women. Boys and girls. Who do not have a wife. And are not married. Amen. That's why I preach tonight. That every little boy and girl needs to abstain. From sex before they ever marry. You said, Did you practice that? I did. You don't find many doing that anymore. I found this little girl at the church house and I liked her and I sit by her. And uh, she was, I don't know, she's kind of funny. She didn't have God on her mind. I saved. She claimed to be saved. And uh, she got too handsy. And I dumped her. Found this other little old girl. She visited a church and, oh, I fell in love with her. Oh, Lord. I fell, fell head over heels in love. That's the one God wants me to... She got too handsy. And I fell out of love fast. Because I'd been taught with the Word of God. I went to school and some young girl come in there and she's a new student from somewhere. and I liked her looks and I walked the hall with her and sat in the room with her. and uh uh she's too handsy. Now, I hear girls talk about boys being too handsy, but women are too. Some of them. Yeah. Amen. So I left her alone. I said, "I just guess I'm gonna be a bachelor." Till I was going to church one day, and this little girl come to the church house, and we went on a little picnic with the Sunday school crowd, and. She, I was dating another little old girl. hadn't been dating her long. and She didn't like me. I didn't know that. I thought she loved me. But mama this little girl come in and she said, "Where'd you find him?" She said, "I just run out of, like to get rid of him." She said, "I'll take him." And she went back home, and she told her mama. She said. I found the boy that I'm going to marry. And didn't tell me though. But after we got married, she told me, she said, my daddy went over to Return Baptist Church and preached, and that's when she seen me, or didn't see me, but he seen uh, my daddy and, and mother and all them boys. And, so he went home and he told her, he said, you ought to went with me tonight. He said, that deals man's got a bunch of boys over there. They'd make you a good, wife, a good husband. He died and months went by and she visited with that picnic and then she went home and had the audacity to tell her mother. That's my husband. And I was just a little innocent thing running around there. I didn't know nothing about that. And the next thing you know, her mama comes over. Her mama said, I had to go over to see what he looked like. (laughs) And her and her mama plotted. I was married for 54 and a half years. It worked out pretty good. But she wasn't handsy, she loved God. And we are joined together in holy matrimony. Amen. I kiss her every once in a while. Amen. And uh, I do that. and If she didn't slap me, I was going to keep doing it. And I did. But I want to tell you this. We married and we stayed married for 54 and a half years. And uh, she was pure. I was pure. Brother, I'll tell you, I thank God for it. I don't gripe about that. Amen, amen. I'll tell you right now, I'd hate to come up through life dating four or five girls, been in the bed with every one of them, and then try to have a marriage with a young lady. Amen. Now, this is not popular. A lot of folks would say, we don't even need that in the pulpit. The reason we have all, all of this junk going on is because we don't have it in the pulpit. Amen. The pre- preacher used to say, Wait till you're married. Amen. So he said, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. I'm going to step out and make a statement here, and uh, you're probably going to go home. Scratching your head trying to figure out what I'm saying. But some of you are going to know what I'm talking about. I believe devils can get in a human body. And I believe when a man and a woman join up together, I believe they can transfer the devils. I'm talking about unbelievers. If you're saved by the grace of God tonight, you're not going to join up with them, Amen. And the devil can't get in you. I know that, and I'm not turning the scriptures. That's the reason we got so many people in our society today that are full of devils. Yeah. All right. You said I don't agree. I don't agree with you. That's okay. You pray about it. Amen. Search it out. You book the Bible, that's why. Do you know why God said this? What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot, that he which is joined to an harlot, you know what a harlot is? A prostitute is one body. One body. Without getting too plain tonight, I can tell you right now, devils can trade right there. All right, I'll get off that subject so you won't skin me. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I would to God every preacher in America would preach these things. It'd make my job a lot easier. But instead I end up being the oddball. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. Now hear this, this is a great message, this is a great uh, verse of Scripture. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God said, I won't put any more on you than what you're able to bear. God knows your tolerance. God knows. I've heard people say, there's just so much on me. I can't stand no more. Trust God. He can let you handle more than you think you can. Verse 14 said, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, he's talking to believers, flee from idolatry. What's idolatry? A fellow one time said, Who commits idolatry? He said an idolater. (laughs) He didn't say it exactly right. He thought that's the way he was supposed to say it. But idolatry. He's an idolater if if he commits idolatry. That's having more than one God. It's worshiping something you shouldn't be worshiping. Another God is an idol. Anything. And he said, flee that. Now did I point out to you here, that it said, wherefore my dearly beloved? Is Paul talking to the unbeliever or is he talking to the believer? believer? Believer. Dearly beloved. He's saying flee from my daughter. That means that you'll have a problem with it. You need to flee that. You need to let everything... God needs to be first. Amen. Amen. Well, let's go on to the next one. Let's go to 1 Timothy, chapter 6. I'm only just giving you enough, I guess, to go home and study. You may call it torturing you, but I'm not trying to do that. 2 Timothy, chapter number 2. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We want to go to verse 21. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these. We're going to see what they are in a minute. He shall be a vessel unto honor. That means you've got to purge. You know what, what it is to wash dishes, don't you? I hate it, but you know what it is, don't you? It's a chore. If a man therefore purge himself from these, it's like washing dishes. You're washing yourself. Purge yourself. That don't mean you can clean it, it just means you can get your hands or get yourself in the hands of one who can. He shall be a vessel unto honor. That's what God wants out of you. He wants you to be an honor that will glorify him, that will bring honor to him, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. and... Prepared for every good work. Verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lust. Flee fornication. Flee idolatry. Now he says, Flee also youthful lust. And here he tells you what to do. He tells you what you are to do. But follow righteousness, right living. Follow faith. Follow charity, which is love. Follow peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He said, flee youthful lust. Now you say, I don't know what youthful us are. Well, I'll just tell you how you can find out. You used to be a youth. Do you not remember what things bothered you? Spiritually speaking, when you was little and young. Amen. One fella said, you don't act like a kid anymore. Amen. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I did as a child. But he said, when I, put a, when I got grown, I put away childish things. A lot of things bother youth. Flee youthful lust. Isn't it amazing a 10 year old boy or girl thinks they're so smart? They think they're smarter than mom and daddy because they got new modern math now. Isn't it amazing at some point in time that a young boy or a young girl gets to the place that they've grown up so quick? I did that. I grew up so quick and I began to think I know more about life than my daddy did. And I thought all he wanted me to do is just not have no fun. Then I got in trouble in hot water and I found out what daddy was teaching me would come to pass and it was wrong. I couldn't do those things. Then it wasn't because daddy done it but because God had put something down in my heart to withdraw me and withstand, withstand me from those things. Amen. And then all of a sudden... I got to the place and I looked at the old man that taught me some of them things and I said to myself, boy, he's grown up so quick. My daddy has been to college or something in the last little while. He's got some sense about him. And if you young people can't say that about your parents right now, you've got some more growing to do. You gotta have some more growing before you start crowing. Amen. Think about it. But we see this tonight. He said, "Flee you for lust," and I use that. But I want to use one more tonight that God tells us not to flee. Hey, some things we don't flee. Go to the Book of Acts, Acts chapter twenty-seven. Acts chapter 27 and verse number 30. Verse number 30. Now this is very important. Here's where most folks live. In Acts chapter 27 verse 30, And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, As though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship. God does not want you to flee out of the ship. Now you say, what in the world are you talking about? I recognize chapter 27 and all the way down through it, it was a storm was raging. Paul was in his ship. He was a prisoner. They had storm after storm. And it's fixing to have a shipwreck right here. And Paul looked at him and said, Don't nobody flee out of the ship. The ship here is a type of the church. I've pastored churches so long that when the going gets rough, I've seen people in the church just skip out. If I went back down in 50 years of preaching and looked at that, I have had about as many leave the church as I have come to the church. Yeah. That's right. Get tired. Don't want to conform to the things of God. Don't like the preaching. Don't like the standards. Don't like something. So they decide I'll go down the road. Yeah. I've watched them. And you know it's always been this way. I look at them and every time they get mad at you and leave and every time I've ever seen them leave this church here, I always watched them go to the next church because they didn't like this church and they always find a, a deader place, a more contemporary place, a more liberal place, or they don't even go at all. I've seen to, if people don't move off and Don't change jobs and go different places. They'll move off and get out of the church and they don't have nothing or no use for the people there they leave. But Paul said, you ain't got no problems if you just stay with the ship. So can I tell you tonight, just stay with the stuff. Stay in the church. Stay with the people of God. Stay with the book of God. Stay with the man of God. If there's ever been a time, it's now that we need to stay in the ship. Amen. And if you don't stay in the ship, you're going to end up being shipwreck. Of course, here they did have a shipwreck. And the Bible said there was nobody hurt. But if anybody jumped ship, I believe it have perished. I've seen people walk out, and I had a fellow in the church one time, he was one of the hardest fellows I've ever seen in my life to pastor. Brother Brown, were you ever had anything like that or not? But there's some of them, they're they're something. Uh, I had him for a bus captain, he would go out with me and knock on doors, and he'd uh, drive the bus, and I'd be on the bus with him, and. We'd bring in people to Sunday school and uh, two weeks later he wouldn't even come to church no more. And he'd stay out for about six months. Then he'd walk in one day, get up in the church and say, hey, I've done this and I've done that and I've sinned against God and I want the church to forgive me. And he'd go to the altar and we'd pray with him. That's good and that's right. That's things to do. And he'd get up and say, church, I want you to forgive me. And I said, what's the pleasure of the church? I said, well, forgive him." He would have kept on doing that. But he did it that time. In about a month or two, he's gone again. Of course, I didn't give him the job back the next time. He finally moved off out in the Middle West. And he becomes somebody else's problem. I don't know where he ever got right with God. I've often wondered. Did he ever get settled? It's just some people that walk around with the chip on their shoulder. Mad at the world and don't like anything at all. Now if you go in here tonight and you feel that way. You ought to run to the altar first you probably won't. Because you don't want to admit it. The devil's filled us all with so much pride, it's hard to find even God's people hitting the altar anymore. That's right. Hey, you'd be in trouble sure enough if I got that way, and how I, sometimes I have got that way. But I want to tell you, Brother, I have to get on my knees all the time and say, God help me with this flesh. This flesh is rotten to the car. I can't handle it. Oh, God help my flesh. Two or three of you probably prayed that way. But the rest of you, you don't pay no attention to it. I have to pray, God help my mind and my heart. I'm not perfect. I missed the mark. I'm sorry I have not arrived yet, but I've got to flee some things. But I'm not fleeing the church. I got in in the church, and I'm going to stay in the church. Amen. Until I don't have help to get here anymore. Or either I die out, or get called out. Any of them be all right. You hear me? I appreciate the work of God. Even, that's been scattered, but that's where God put me tonight. By your head. There's some things we need to flee. Probably you never, never looked at that much. Some of you have, I'm sure. But you probably never heard us message on that. But God put every word in there for a purpose. It's not His essay tonight to prove it. He's something. He don't even argue with you about who He is. He just tells you, let's stand. Bow your head, we won't have a music, but we'll just stand where we are and we'll call on God. And tonight, if you've got a problem or a need tonight with the world, the flesh, and the devil... And He's working on you over time. Please come to the altar. You can get more done at the altar than you can anywhere else. You know, people go to everybody under the sun sometimes to find help. They'll run to their friends. They'll run to their cousins. They'll run to their family. Even sometimes run to their foes. Try to find some kind of help. Let me tell you something. You won't find your answers to any of your problems unless you come to the throne of God. He's always helped me. And I thank God for it. Well, you're there, standing, do what I said this morning in reading the Scriptures, examine your own selves, whether you're in the faith or not. I'm giving you a little time. Slip out of your seat and come to the altar. Call on God tonight. How about it? Just get out of your seat. Come on. Amen. God's speaking, God's spoken. Let him have your way, his way in your life tonight. Let the Lord take full control and full charge. God help you. He's able to help you tonight. Do you believe that? I do. I know it. I've watched him help so many. He's helped me so many times. I'm grateful and thankful to him. There've been times I couldn't talk to church members I couldn't talk to my wife many times. Uh, You know, just I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't talk to anybody. And I just had to get down on my knees before God and say, God, I need your help. I need your assistance. I need your touch. And seriously, I felt God's hand. And I watched Him work a work in my life. And it's been a blessed thing. And I thank God for it. So I know who I can go get help from. I know where I can get help. And it's not outside the ship. Not outside the church. Amen. God has a place for us to get things right. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you tonight. Thank you for coming.